This is Supernatural Selection on DeviantBehaviorRadio.com, hosted by Kevin the Bastard. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week is Mr. David Davis. David, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well today. How are you guys doing? Or I should say, how are you doing, my friend? Well, we're all down here doing pretty good here in the South. But, I'm talking uh, to both of your personalities right now. Yeah, oh, good. Okay, so you're talking to the real me and the the radio host. I, I just awesome. don't want any part of you to feel lonely, ever. Thank you so much for that. I'm sure that me and Geraldine and Ernest T, <laughs> we're all really happy that you're thinking about us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it's been a couple of weeks since you were on, and, uh, you know, we had Clark back on, and we had Mike on talking about David Icke, which originally, that was going to be you, but, like, Mike was like, oh, no, 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 I do David Icke, goddammit. I, I, I ju- I'm just saying you could have had two people on for that one. I'm just You're gonna, right. You put that well, right there. Well, we recorded it, like, in the middle of the week at, mm-hmm. like, midnight, so it was <laughs> kind fair. of a... And we were drunk. We were, this was Time Cube drunk. So yeah, that would have been like two a.m. for me. So yeah, probably for the yeah, best. Yeah. So I and I hate that you weren't on there, but you know I think we did a really solid episode, despite the fact that we were missing someone who I really wanted on that episode. So. Aww. Well, this week we're going to be talking about something a little more light, a little more airy, something Ooh. more ephemeral something you can't quite put your hands on something i can keep doing puns about for hours (laughs) um here's the thing we've had a lot of people ask us to cover both of these subjects that are going to get brought up ever since we first mentioned the superstructure which i realized recently we've been misnaming it's actually the super spectrum but i kind of like our name of the superstructure because we can copyright that there we go yeah we put on t-shirt So, what we're tackling this week is the Fae, the Wee Folk, the Fairies, which you never call them the Fairies, so I'm I'm already fucked. (laughs) Which, I mean, like, if you're living in Iceland, don't, don't play this too loud. I know that you guys, like have to check for construction projects out there before uh, to make sure that the Hildefolk aren't... <laughs> the uh, Hildefolk. The Hildefolk aren't there to fuck you over. Uh, I love that they have a name and they're, like, taken seriously. And, like, 70% uh-huh. of the population is like, oh, yes, they're out there in the fields. Watch out for so the Hildefolk. Don't trip over their houses. So, <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to talk about is the fact that the the Fae, I'm going to be calling them the Wee Folk, because I've been calling them the Wee Folk ever since I did webcomics. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just one of my things. Like, the Wee Folk have always been with us. Mm-hmm. Whether it be metaphysical creatures like angels, or it's, like, in Native American legend, the mm-hmm. Puckwudgie. Uh-huh. Which, Clark says he his friend has a picture of a Puckwudgie, and she is trying to find it for me. Oh, that's cool. Like, they took a picture, and there was this red... Little guy looking in like, hey, what's going on? Like the Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> cheddar Goblin. I know. And I just, I want to see that picture. So. Yeah. But the thing about it is, there there are these tiny little people in every culture known to man. 
even contemporary America, because you got the Gremlins. The Gremlins, and like, I read a, there's a story in uh, one of Jerome Clark's books, I'm pretty sure it's unexplained. Unexplained. About a kid in the 1950s got passed by a, a group of trooping fairies in Minnesota. Hmm. Imagine you're being passed by a bunch of little gray dudes mumbling like, <laughs> just wearing overalls. They're all like two feet tall, just walking by you. And this kid runs home. And it's like, Ma, I saw some things. And she's like, you're drunk because you work at the brewery. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Like, okay, like I said, the Native Americans, they've got the Pukwudgie. The Irish have the gentry or the wee folk, which is, I love the idea that you can't, you know, you never swear at the wee folk. You call them mm-hmm. the wee folk, the gentry, the kind people, the good people, so they don't show up and steal your milk and kill your cows and replace your babies, which we'll get to that soon. Yes. And, like, there are legends of these tiny creatures that live inside. Uh, it used to be called Ayers Rock, but now it's called Uluru in Australia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Germans have that whole legend system about them. Uh, I mean, like, the, if I'm not mistaken, that works, like, way into, like, all their stuff. Like, the yeah. the, uh, the Wagner operas and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, what do, what do you know about these guys? Tell me about your classical knowledge of these things. Well, I mean, um, like, it, from what I've seen, like, every culture seems to have some form of small supernatural being. Like, the the ones that I'm most familiar with would be, like, the gnomes, mm-hmm. uh, leprechauns, you know. Um, I, I think the one that, like, everybody would know about is the leprechaun itself. Yeah, like, the um, the leprechaun, the catchee, all the banshee. They're all yes. basically mythical creatures of the same ilk. And, and then, of course, you also have, like, the fairies themselves, like the, the little winged creatures, and, you know, that there's there's been sightings of those things, and then, you know, you know that sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I still kind of think that may be sort of a, uh, what's the term I'm looking for, like a Victorian invention, and they were suiting the style of the time? Yeah, there, there was, uh, there's a lot of, like... I don't have the evidence on me, but there's a lot of evidence that a lot of that's kind of, like, made up, um, you know. The Coddington fairy photos. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Me that. and Clark were talking about those. And mm-hmm. the girls that took those photos said, yeah, we faked them, but that's because we couldn't find the, we couldn't get the fairies to come back. There's, like, one real photo in there, and it happens to be, like, the best photo. Yeah. But I still kind of believe that if they had taken photos of fairies, it would have been just, like, little orbs of Yeah, light. little orbs. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, you know, in the U.S. even, you know, you have the gremlins that were kind of... Oh, World War II was full yeah. of those guys. And then, yeah. of course, you also have the uh, the Kentucky Goblins, which, you know, I would yes. say are possibly fae Well, and I think that's the thing about the fae folk that I've noticed is, is they, they're kind of like a way to explain a phenomenon... Um, they typically that, are confounding people, like with the yeah. gremlins. You know, what's with all these mechanical errors with our airplanes? Well, the gremlins did it. You know. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the origins. And the thing is, there's a lot of people that theorize that, like in Ireland, that the the wee folk, the gentry, basically the Celtic gods diminished mm-hmm. by the coming of Christianity. Which I guess it makes sense in a way because it's still 
you're it's basically gods mm -hmm. uh you're looking for uh reasons for things happening and gods were one of those things mm -hmm. like hampton yunt said you know the monotheistic faith is it kind of works because it's like you don't have to question well what kind of god would allow war well the god of war mm -hmm. yeah would do that so <laughs> it makes sense right it's interesting how there's every culture seems to have these little guys yeah, and they, they, they serve a very distinct purpose, and then even after that kind of purpose is done, they've kind of stuck around with us and our, our culture and our myth and our lore. Absolutely. Did you know that Pontiac is uh, actually named after a man who was haunted by a Pukwudgie? You know, I had no idea. Yeah, there's actually an episode of Lore, which I don't listen to it as much as I used to because there are days where I want to punch Aaron Mankey in the face for his... Uh, it's just sort of laid-back attitude about this stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a really good episode of lore about the Pukwudgie, and I highly recommend going through... Actually, just listen to the whole damn podcast. But <laughs> there is an episode about the Pukwudgie that mentions the fact that the cattle... The, the Pontiac was named after a man who was haunted by the Pukwudgie, and the town was named after him. And they're saying, well, maybe that's why Michigan is so fucked because of the Pukwudgie. Oh, man. Which, can you imagine that? Mm -hmm. That sucks. Yeah, that does. <laughs> it really does. So, the nature of these things is something I wanted to talk about. Like, I don't think these are physical entities. Not in the traditional sense of the term. Mm-hmm. Well, like, and then again, of course, that was going to lead us to that idea of the larger... Uh, we're calling it the superstructure, right? That's what we're calling it. Yes, okay. well, it's it's a superstructure and Magonia, which we'll get into that. There we go, which, yeah. Yeah, Magonia is the same thing as a superstructure. It's just some stuff Jacques Vallée talked about in uh, Passport to Magonia. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that. But I think that these things are highly susceptible to our perceptions of them mm -hmm. and our level of society. What do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. I think that they kind of take a collective form that is like borrowed from the mm -hmm. uh you know uh universal unconscious. Yeah, they fit into archetypes in our mind like water fits into a pitcher. Mm -hmm. It just happens Which, to be a little tiny gnome shaped pitcher. Yes, or other shapes yeah. as we'll come to later because oh shit, we're going to cover that. <laughs> So, let's talk a little bit. Let's finally get into the idea of the superstructure, shall Woo! we? Let's do it. I'm, I'm excited. Like, as we've discussed it, you know what I'm talking about when I say the superstructure. I do. Like, out of all the hosts on this show, you're the one person that when I say superstructure, you're like, yeah, totally, I get you. Mm -hmm. So, like... What do, you, what do you understand about the superstructure? Because asking another person what they understand about the superstructure is like, well, what do you think? Right. Well, and, you know, so, I'm not an expert, so... Um, oh, God, like, no, no. We're, yeah. we're professional amateurs on this show. So my, my understanding of it is the idea that different forms or planes of existence work at different levels of energy, and there can be spillover between these different planes and depending on which universe or wherever you're at, as that stuff spills in, it shapes based on... Your, your perception shapes 
how it appears. So, like, everything mm-hmm. from, like, UFOs to Puckwudgies and uh, Springhill Jack, all of that stuff, that's just the the mind trying to interpret these energies that come from a, a different plane, usually, like, a higher exactly. plane. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically another world laying down on top of ours mm-hmm. and intersecting for a brief time. Mm-hmm. Which leads to what they term high strangeness, which is one of my favorite phrases in all of human history. Mm -hmm. Which is where, as I think Henry said it on an episode of Last Podcast on the Left, you get this Looney Tunes sort of physics and logic going on where where physics doesn't work quite like it does. Everything's more malleable. You have aliens that can pass through solid objects and the wee folk Mm -hmm. doing strange things. A a great example of that is uh, during the Kentucky Goblins episode, we we had talked about, like, Mm. them shooting the buckshot at these things and then just kind of, like, doing a little flip, like it pinged off of them, like, whoop-whoop-whoop-whoop. That sort of thing. Yeah, no, they totally turn into Daffy Duck bouncing around going, woo hoo 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 Yeah, exactly. And I love that, but it's also kind of terrifying in the fact that, you know, you're used to reality being mm-hmm. what it is, and then suddenly this whole other universe just lays on top of your farm, and you're suddenly subjected to Chuck Jones logic. Right. Seeing seeing Looney Tunes stuff on the screen doesn't bother you because of that level of artifice, mm-hmm. but like when you see yeah. it in person, it's going to totally wreck your reality. Oh yeah, no, you're mentally fucked when yeah. you, when you see that because that's not how things work. Like um, it's like, you know, an anvil hovering in the air in the cartoon. It's like, okay, yeah, but then like you see an anvil hovering in real life and you're like this is very wrong. Yeah, exactly. Because you're, there's another universe intruding into yours, and the physics just don't mesh well. And you're not mentally equipped to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So, being as we talked about the fact that they, uh, let's see, I've got down here, we talked about high strangeness as a symptom of touching the unknown. Remember, if you're going to be touching the unknown, do it with consent. You really need to wear gloves as well, because you don't know what you're going to take away from it. Mm-hmm. That shit's going to be nasty as hell. <laughs> now, before we move on to, like, modern, what I see as modern fairy, which you don't see a lot of talk about fairies in the modern world, not in a realistic sense. It's always like somebody posting on Reddit, Oh my god, I saw a fairy, and they were talking to Naruto. <laughs> and... It just, it's people making things up so they can talk about things to other people. Right. You don't get that a lot anymore. And I don't believe you're going to get a lot of the old school fairy stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. one of the things, I I can't remember a modern instance of a changeling. Mm. Now, for those that don't know, changelings are an interesting concept where... The fairy will come and steal an infant and take it back to Magonia and let it live with him until it dies, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also the origin of the, the idea of, like, a changeling, which is a child that has been taken and raised by someone else. Exactly. Uh, you know, so again, it's that idea of this concept that is being represented by this mythical or mysterious entity, but it it's meant to kind of explain a normal phenomenon because there's probably a bunch of children being taken you know yeah 
back in Ireland, you know, because who sure you know, like maybe the My church baby was died. Yeah, I, I want another baby. Yeah, I mean, and that happens. You know, that mm-hmm. happens. There's plenty of true crime stuff about baby thefts. Yeah, one of my all-time favorite so- horror movies is about a, a changeling scenario. It's called a changeling, but it's that idea of um, like taking children, which is like this fundamentally like horrific idea, but it's so it's- incredibly common that like people and it's I- so personal. Yeah, and that's why I guess you know people kind of turn to the supernatural in that case because they can't comprehend. Someone just jacking a baby. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing somebody like hot wiring a baby and driving off on it now. They have they have the baby under a low jack in the crib. <laughs> <laughs> They've got the club on its arms. <laughs> but yeah, the changeling, the idea is that the wee folk would come and steal your baby like a dingo. Steal your baby. I'm gonna steal your baby. And then they leave, and it's tip. I don't know why it's always an old man fairy. Mm-hmm. It's never a young fairy. It's always like an old man fairy, because the, the replaced child is always frail and fragile and weak and weird, which mm-hmm. sounds to me like we need some explanation for why this kid's a nerd. Or, or also, like, it expl- it's a way to kind of uh, comprehend childhood illness, especially, yeah. like, uh, like hereditary conditions. Oh, um, yeah. You this know, is... that, that sort of thing happens where they can't explain, you know, why is this child born without a foot? Yeah. Yeah, it's all basically, I can't deal with this baby being jacked up out of my womb, so it's obviously a fairy. Mm-hmm. Which is terrible, I mean, yeah. but, you know... That's how things were. So there were a lot of ways to re- get your baby back. And it yeah, typically baby involved... Baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> Sorry. Did I, ever, did I ever tell you about the restaurant here in town? Uh, the, okay, there was an abortion clinic. And I realize this is like some taboo <laughs> stuff. But like, I'm just saying, in my town, there was an abortion clinic near my house. Oh and, my they went out of, and they went out of business like they do mm-hmm. in the South. Uh-huh. And... They opened a restaurant in the abortion clinic. <laughs> and the very first week, the sign outside advertised baby back ribs. Guess how long they <laughs> stayed in business. Oh, that's, that's so wonderfully dark. I love it. It is the worst idea anyone ever had, and I am in love with it. So, I'm, I'm going to have to steal that for one of my comics. Please do, because <laughs> I'm not doing anything with it. Please have the abortion clinic selling baby back ribs. So... <laughs> Anyway, the point is, what was the point? The point <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about how um, babies were getting stolen. Yeah, babies getting jacked, and uh, <laughs> it's always a frail old man baby, and they come up with a way to bring the child back. I'm saying it like that so we don't get in another friggin' side quest with uh, baby back ribs. <laughs> but it was always confusing the fairy in the crib. Are you familiar with this? It was always like, well, what you do is you make a broth and you make a pinhole in an egg and you pour the broth in the egg and you cook the egg. Mm-hmm. And the baby will be like, well, shit, I never seen anything like that. And you'll be like, well, bring me my baby back. It's like, ah, crap, I've been found out. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's like a um, very, very lame Mr. Missile Spittick. Yeah. Yeah, Mix- from Superman. Yeah. Mixle Spittick or mi- Mixle Spick. You know, Gilbert Gottfried said it was mix, uh, mix, mix you spitlick, which is there even you harder to say. But mix you none- spitlick. 
Yeah, it's the same thing, though. Yeah, it's yeah. basically you gotta trick the thing into bringing your child back. Wait, so is he a fae? Yes. Oh, shit. I mean, well, and Superman yes. is leaked to magic, so... So there you go. That's why uh, Mixia Spitlick can do all that crap to him, is because he's a fae. There you go. So there you go. Screw you, DC Comics, and any sort of explanation <laughs> to the contrary of what Mixia Spitlick is. Um... <laughs> So, let's talk about modern face stuff for a few, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So, like, what would you consider modern fairy encounters? So, so definitely um, the, the Kentucky Goblins, for sure. Oh, God, um, yes. I, I, I think that's a textbook case of, like, what a modern fae would be. Uh, but if we were to go any more recent, I, I would say maybe the Men in Black. I really agree with that. I think that they are a massive part of the Ma- of Mango- Magonia or Mangonia, however you want to <laughs> say it. They're definitely fitting the modern idea of sinister men in suits, and I th- mm-hmm. also think that's just been a general thing in people's minds for a long time. I mean, everyone's scared of a dude dressed all in black. But wait, I heard that everybody loves a sharp dressed man. They do, but, I mean, my mom was terrified of Johnny Cash. Oh, shit, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, look at him. <laughs> fantastic musician, but he looks like a fucking troll wearing all black. Ooh. Yeah. Fantastic musician, though. Yeah. But, nonetheless, I, I think that you're right on that. I think the men in black are, if not fae, they're fae adjacent. Which now- I have a... I, I feel I have a feeling like our show could like launch a whole bunch of hashtags. You know, yeah, I think so. I, okay, but here's a question. So, okay. what about something like I, I know that Slenderman is a meme, but yeah. like the, there's enough collective will out there that like people have reported seeing Slenderman and that sort of thing. Would Slenderman be an example of the Fey in this case? See. That's a really good uh, segue into the idea of recurring themes and changing nature mm. of these guys because they always, there's always this one of the Fae is always like, he's hunting you. He'll find you. Mm. And the internet happened to come up with an idea that really fits that perfectly. So I don't see why the collective will of humanity wouldn't pull this thing back out of the collective unconscious mm-hmm. with a new mask on. So, yeah, right. I think that, yes, this made up on something awful. Like, I have I may have said this on an episode, I was in, I was taking part in that thread Yeah, that created Slender Man. And, yeah, I know it's fake. I know they made it on something awful. I know those two girls were full of shit. But that doesn't mean... That something isn't using the idea of Slender Man as we've created it. Well, and the other thing is that the Slender Man itself is like an extension of that idea of the Man in Black because it's a entity in a suit. So Mm -hmm. it's it's just, again, the kind of idea reshaping itself, but with the power of the internet, we're Uh like more aware of this stuff. Yeah, and it creeps on children. Yes, which is another huge anxiety. Yeah, no. And then, of course, that whole issue with the Fae and kidnapping kids. So, like, all this stuff. I I feel like Charlie Charlie Day and Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the little board on the wall, you know. (laughs) Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. There is no Pepe Sylvia. Yeah. No, it's totally 
yeah, no, I get that. I mean, like, and, and one of the things I was saying is recurring themes and similarities between these things. All of these things always have, like, this whole, come with me to my fair land. And then, like, if you come back, it's later. You've either learned a lesson or it's, like, 30 years later and everything's fucked. It, it seems to me like it's also an explanation of, like, it could also be an explanation for, like, disassociative uh, personality issues or really, really good drug trips. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, like, I can only imagine how many things... Turns out they found some really kick-ass shrooms under a cow, under a cow pat. Mm-hmm. And they were just hungry, and then they went off on an adventure because, let's face it, nobody finds a mushroom and thinks, how many grams is this? Mm-hmm, yeah. Back then, they didn't think about that. It was just like, okay, I'll just eat the whole mushroom. Yeah, no, uh, it's good. Oh, I shit, can, there's a little dude talking to me. And I can hear the color <laughs> green. Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> and, and here's Jesus Christ, my God. So, uh, let's let's move on to... Now, we were talking about modern fae, and it would be really remiss of me to say that I didn't think aliens were fae. Mm. I have really, really, like, thanks to Mike talking about science and, like, how difficult faster-than-light travel is and, like, the idea of having these wormholes or what have you or quantum tunneling, it would just, it makes more sense if they're not extraterrestrials, but a term that Jacques Vallée used, and I believe, oh my god, I can't remember his name, the famous scientist that I love so much, the, uh... Started as a skeptic, became a believer. Oh, yes. Um, oh, God, I was lost as well. Project Blue Book guy. Yep. My brain, what the fuck? Oh, all right, to Google. Yes, to Google, because holy shit, I cannot believe I forget this motherfucker's name. There's just so many, uh, there's just so many names to take, uh, to keep track of, you know what I mean? Yeah, and we're talking about such a broad subject. J. Allen Hynek. Thank you, Jesus Christ. And they all have like yeah, yeah. They all they all there. sound like serial killer names too. <laughs> I'd hate to see who J. Allen Hynek killed. <laughs> oh my God, the number of friggin' short hookers oh no. this man oh has no. buried under the, his. The, the house. correct term is short sex workers. Okay, um, diminu- diminu- diminutive. There you Sex go. workers. All right. There we go. We're all good now. So, yeah. J. Allen Hynek. Like, he used this fantastic term for these things because he started to, all of them started to think, maybe they're not from another planet because mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. What if this is all involved in the super spectrum, or as we've been calling it, the superstructure, ultra terrestrials, mm-hmm. creatures from another dimension? And they have a purpose here. Which, they've got this idea that, like, there's some higher purpose, like they're trying to teach us something. I got another idea, and we'll get into that later. And I'm curious if you have an idea about this as well. Oh, oh, go ahead and continue. Go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. So, uh, there's a book that I absolutely love uh, by Dr. Michio Kaku. Uh, I think it's called Hyperspace, where he talks about, like... Is this... like? Is this a guy on uh, yes. the Discovery Channel and yes. History Channel? I was okay. Facebook Great. friends with him. It was Love fun. The guy. Um, but he, uh, oh, cool. in his book, he talks about like dimensions, right? You know, you have the second dimension, third dimension, fourth dimension, so on and so forth. And the idea is that like mm-hmm. if we're in the third dimension, something from the fourth dimension coming into our area would would freak us out. But then you also think like, what 
would a person on a second dimension uh how would they interact or how would they react to someone from our dimension coming to their area so, so the idea is that it's just these kind of like dimensional like dimensional exploration basically is protrusions yeah. Yeah. basically into our reality like the description of a third dimensional thing intersecting a second dimensional plane is always like well it starts out as a dot and it gets bigger and then shrinks as it passes through that 2d plane that's exactly it that's exactly yeah. it what he talks so, about in the book exactly. it's a wonderful book a, mm-hmm. a, amazing book so if anyone wants a book to read that involves like theoretical physics and the idea of like dimensions and time and space uh that's a fantastic book yeah okay great okay everybody stop the podcast go buy that book there you go okay now you're back great now that you've read that and you're smarter than me let's (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about aliens for a little bit because i seriously the 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 similarities between the ufo abduction experience and the fae Mm-hmm. through history is so friggin' similar. There's always, like, a a taken aspect, which has been interpreted as, like, the hero's journey mm-hmm. in literature. where you There's always a light show. Mm-hmm, you go to the next world, you gain information, you come back, you're alienated. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the same thing. And then... There's the sex thing. (laughs) Oh, boy, we're going there. Oh, we're going to go there. We're not going to go there in depth because we're doing a crossover with Key Party about this. Just make sure that you wear protection and uh, stay hydrated. Yeah, definitely. So, like, in ye olden times, people would head over to Magonia through, like, a fairy ring, Mm -hmm. which, did you know in the 1950s there were saucer rings? You would find, like, rings where flying saucers had landed. Well, that's also kind of an extension of, well, I know that a lot of the crop circles are obviously faked, but that's also, a crop circle was kind of an extension of that idea of the fairy ring then, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Like, the ones that, here's the thing, the super complex uh, crop circles, Completely fake. I believe those are fake. The simple ones no one pays attention to, that might be real. That could be a fairy ring. That could be a UFO ring. I don't know. Saucer nests. Yeah. Whatever you want to call them from the old literature, it's the same thing as a fairy ring and fairy paths and all these things. They all sort of line up, you know, because there's America's UFO Highway, which I want to say is like the 34th parallel. Which would be a fun episode to do is just like, let's travel down the highway. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's a fairy path, basically. Mm -hmm. It's a ley line. Mm -hmm. So it lines up in that sense, but, like, somebody would get picked up in ye olden times, like I said, and taken to Magonia through a fairy ring or following a fairy path, and they would meet a beautiful fairy woman. All right, I'm on board so far. All right, yeah. So if they could not resist, she nails the shit out of them. Ooh, boy. And then get sent home. And sometimes it's been 30 years. Sometimes it's been a week. Whatever. But you get home. Everybody's like, where were you? I was nailing fairy chicks. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That's right? that's our next t-shirt. I'd rather be nailing fa- uh, fairy chicks. Oh, my God. That would be great. Make it a hat. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. I'd rather be f- nailing fairy chicks. I'd that's rather our... nail the fae. There you go. Yeah, that's our, that's our women love me, fish fear me hat. <laughs> So, what do you get these days? You get guys stuck on mechanical bulls, basically, that pump your semen. 
or or does stuff to the butt. So I I guess uh what why back in those Fey encounters was there a lot of butt stuff going on or is that more of a there modern was, thing? It depends. I'm sure there was enough butt stuff, but everybody got back is like, oh, did you have sex with a everybody's a little a shy fairy? about it? <laughs> yeah, did you have sex with a fairy maiden? Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not a big strapping dude. Definitely not a minotaur. Yeah, certainly not a <laughs> centaur. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just some poor peasant in the woods getting railed by a centaur. Can you believe just, just high off his us, ass. Do you believe they let us do this show? Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll see about that. Yeah, after this one, there may be questions. <laughs> But the point is, there's a sexual nature in both of these things. Mm -hmm. And I really, really believe that all it is is a modern interpretation because the technology's advanced, what we understand has advanced, mm -hmm. our culture has advanced, and we're also real fucking cynical. Right. Well, and then also, like, we'll probably have to do a crossover episode with Key Party to talk about, like, the the energy involved in sexuality and oh like, god there, yes that the, the act of sex or sexuality like you know you can call it organ energy call it whatever you want there is definitely right. like some sort of energy exchanged in that so that's like an entire topic on its own but when oh, we yeah. talk about the these incidences with sex with the fae or whatever it is there's mm -hmm. definitely it would be like an emotional experience full of a lot of energy like I, oh, absolutely. smarter people than me, probably more mature people than me, probably could say a lot more about that. But like, there's just something there. Well, you know what? It's just us right now. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna say I can imagine after after having sex with uh, either an alien hybrid or a fairy woman, you're gonna be exhausted. Yeah, probably. You're you're gonna be complete. Which also leans back into the idea of the succubus or the incubus. Mm-hmm. Because those are also fey creatures, and they drain specifically sexual energy or life force through the act of uh, sex. Yep. Which is kind of a way cooler version of a vampire, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the type if of vampire I'd like to meet. If something's crawling in my window, I'd rather that. I'm just saying. Oh, oh, and also I'd like to give a serious message here to everybody who's listening. If after you've listened to this episode, you have an erection lasting more than four hours, please consult a physician. Oh, God, please do. Because uh, it's two guys talking here, and quite frankly, I don't think either of us should be giving you an erection. <laughs> uh, I don't know about I, that. I'm pretty confident about myself. I'm not. <laughs> I just posted a picture of myself on Twitter, and if you are even remotely attracted to me, you need medication. It is a great so, picture, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Like That should be your profile picture for the show. It's, it's fantastic. Thank you. Still, I firmly believe that aliens are basically the modern concept of the Fae, just adapting itself to uh, what we are. You know, and that makes a ton of sense. Again, it's that idea of um, the, the Fae adapting to the times. Like, people are more likely to believe in aliens than they are to believe in, you know, Hildefuk. Hildefuk, unless you live in Iceland. Yeah. You know, I would actually like to know what the uh, percentage of alien abduction versus Hildefolk encounters is in Iceland. Yeah, that would be to the rest of the world. Yeah. Because, like, here in the U.S., it's just alien, alien, alien. 
and uh, over there, it's just uh, an elf stole my hammer. <laughs> Which you know, given the idea of being taken up in a ship and fondled versus somebody stole my hammer, I guess I'll take the hammer. Either way, you get fucked. You're fucked one way or the other, indeed. Have you got any theories, personal theories about the Fey? Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm a believer in them. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I absolutely find them absolutely fascinating, and it's interesting that, like, over over the years that, like, these theories have developed that kind of, like, link them to other phenomenon, and then there's, like, this common... Mm-hmm. I, there, there's the, that, that idea of the, um, the, the way that all these things connect. Like, as far as, like, what I think they are, I am definitely mm-hmm. in the camp that they are kind of our brain's manifestation of anomalies or energies we're just not capable of understanding. Awesome. I totally get that. Yeah. That is a fantastic theory. Mine is a bit more sinister. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. It's spicy. We're, we're going to go there. It's it's spicy and it's weird. So it's like the worst kind of wasabi. Oh, no. S- yeah. Sexual wasabi. Oh, no. God, oh. no. <laughs> Great name for a band, but no. That really is. If you uh, want to... Look, if you want to start a band called Sexual Wasabi, as long as you credit me in the liner notes, go for it. Yep. I don't I don't care. My theory, and, and this is kind of an oddball one, is that I kind of feel like maybe the Fae and the superstructure itself, Magonia, the entire concept, I feel like maybe it's a um, parasitic conjoined twin. Hmm to our reality like it's been there since the beginning and the only reason they can access it is because we exist so it's kind of like a like kind of a planar nibiru basically a bit Hmm. if nibiru had like a learning disability i I don't know um it's because like it's just so dumb it's not like you know we're gonna end you it's like i'm gonna stick something up your butt and make you come <laughs> is 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 all they can manage i'm gonna steal your baby and leave grandpa <laughs> it, it, as you know as a culture it's kind of dumb mm-hmm. but i just feel like they've been there the entire time as an offshoot of our existence mm-hmm. and maybe just maybe this whole theory about the alien hybrid program is just them trying to merge with us. Yeah. Like, to make one species, finally, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if your conjoined qu- twin could, like, reabsorb itself. Oh, man. Like, maybe our reality pushed something out. So it's basically malignant, then. Kinda. <laughs> Kinda, but also, maybe we need it. Mm. to perceive the things like you know there's always like you know in the old days it's like legend legends like oh he's the son of a man and a, a fairy and he can see things that aren't there well maybe we're supposed to yeah like i'm not saying it like you know like the movie malignant <laughs> <laughs> which i saw that a couple weeks ago and holy shit I love it. I love it. It's... I di- I it is so stupid and I love it. Yeah. I did not see that coming. <laughs> uh but the point is I'm thinking that like we were supposed to be one 
whole entity and somehow it just didn't work. Right. Like, if this were a movie, maybe it's the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> uh, you know, the parallel that I would think of is, do you remember Hellboy 2 with the uh, troll market? Yes. That, that that's how I'm kind of like seeing all this is that like it's again it's one reality overlaid on another but like um, I just want an excuse to mention Hellboy 2. Okay, sure. No, I totally <laughs> get that and I just want an excuse to kind of put in there that maybe the fair rule by Dennis Hopper. You know, that would not surprise me. Yeah. But I just really like the idea that this is a uh, uh, um a conjoined twin for our whole universe, and and maybe we're supposed to join. Maybe it's meant to be. Maybe maybe we shouldn't fight the breeding program. <laughs> oh, they're gonna make us breed over and over again. Better get used to it. I oh, death by snoo snoo. <laughs> now now this like this theory is like super interesting. Now um like are you developing it from? I don't want to say scratch because you're taking influence from a bunch of stuff, but like, or is there oh, yeah. an author who's kind of seeded this for you? You know, I can't think of anyone offhand. I'm sure there's been some kind of like science fiction movie or something yeah. where they talk about this, but like, I kind of feel like this is my thing, you know? There you go. No, I like it. Like, it's we're, fun. Because like, and I feel like maybe old time shamans and uh, medicine men and whatnot mm -hmm. that had access to, like, a broader range of the universe, like, that could see things that weren't there, that could affect healing from, like, a spiritual source. Mm -hmm. Maybe they had more access. And I'm not saying you should run out and take ayahuasca. Well, I, I'm going to say that you should. Okay, well, that's fair. But I am <laughs> saying that, like, maybe you should unlock certain parts of your brain. Yeah, well, and you know, that, that whole thing, like, it sounds really cool because then it's like, well, what if everybody has their kind of fey equivalent and that's just like the, the shaman is able to get in touch with their fey equivalent and that our encounters are us encountering our equivalent without really understanding it. See, I really love that idea that you're basically, you're in touch with yourself on the other plane. Make and a fun movie. if that's movie. the case... Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Uh, I just really kind of feel bad for Faye Kevin. Or actually, I don't feel bad for Faye Kevin. That's got to be, like, the most amazing, handsome motherfucker in the <laughs> world. Faye Kevin is doing a podcast about humans. They exist. I tell you, these horrible troll-like beings exist. These hairless apes. And this motherfucker just looks like fucking Legolas. <laughs> And I'm over here looking like Gimli on crack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I you see what I'm saying though. No, I think I, that I do. maybe maybe we shouldn't be afraid of this. You know, and I think with like Fey and alien encounters, even though like it can be kind of weird and scary, I think the mm -hmm. overall feeling is wonderment. Yeah, because there's all there's so many experiences where people come out of it and they're going like, you know, I was really scared and it was weird, but in the end it was kind of a positive thing. It sort of changed my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it, it's it's like, it's just, 
you know, it's heartwarming in a weird way. It it is. It is because like admittedly when you have an alien abduction experience, you become what I like to call terminally groovy. <laughs> In that you're probably gonna go and do like a weird Afrocentric face wearing a dashiki, and even you're, you're, like, you're probably gonna buy like crystals, and like you're gonna know the people at the crystal store. You're gonna know a lot about Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> but I think that maybe we should all know a little bit about Tempe, at least a little bit. I mean, it'll make me feel better anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's uh that's our episode on the Fae. Yeah, it's it's a little brief like compared to some of our other episodes, but like it's I think we've covered quite a bit. We really have. There's a lot of there's so much tied into it and eventually what we'll do is we'll go back into some of these other individual subjects from this episode mm-hmm. and we will do individual episodes of those. Yeah. But We've got the we got the groundwork down for them. Yeah, it's it's a good overview of like the various idiosyncrasies of the subject. Yeah, and eventually we're gonna go back. We're gonna do like an episode about changelings. The Hilde Fook. Do the Hilde Fook and what have you, and it's gonna be great. Yeah. So let's see. We've got some questions from listeners. Ooh. And I'm excited about that. And I'm only gonna do a couple because the others. I know Mike will want to handle. No, he took my Ike episode. We're not doing that. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. Jason Lord, who is a friend of mine, asked, uh, where do superheroes go on their vacation? <laughs> um, this sounds like a joke. It probably is, but I'm just going to go Themyscira. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it depends on obviously. the universe, obviously. Um, sure. Well, if I was in Marvel, I would build a fucking. I'd go to Reed Richards and I'd be like, "Send me to the island of hot women." Right. Send me to the uh, negative zone. Yeah. No, I, I think for a lot of superheroes, their idea of a vacation is probably literally just turning off the cell phone and then just crashing in their house for like a couple of days. Oh, dude, Wakanda. Yeah, that, that's fair too. I go to Wakanda. Thriving nightlife. You can go out in the wilderness. Probably waterfalls and shit. I heard that heart-shaped herb is incredible. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and, uh, Clark Wayne. Uh Uh-oh. Our boss fella had a a fun question. And here's the thing. I, I, you probably know about this. He says, what if Bigfoot is just a Wookiee from Kishik that got sucked into our timeline? Uh, there was actually a Star Wars comic. I am so glad yeah. you know about that, because yeah. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, so That's ha- a Han and Chewie crash land on Earth. And then... Well, you don't know it's Earth at first. It's yeah. just primitive natives there, and Han gets shot by arrows, and Chewie like, puts him back in the Millennium Falcon and runs off into the forest. And who discovers that ship, David? Indiana Jones and Short Round. I, man, look. As funny as it was, it made me go, we need Short Round back. Yeah, I, you know, I, I told you about that idea I had for a sequel for Indiana Jones with uh, Short Round, right? Where he kind of takes on the mantle. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it was a whole fun thing, and it was tying to, like, the 1960s and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be great, man. I would love that. Short Round is such an underused character. Yeah. But 
Yeah, no, that's that's a couple of questions there. And actually, I'm going to do one more that I said I was going to save for Mike, but... A peace offering, it seems. Yes. <laughs> let's let's go with this. Uh, let's see. Questions for the show. This question is from Kick-Assatron. <laughs> yeah. Who is a friend from uh, the Dave Ross uh, community, which if you're not listening to the podcast, what's it called? Where they rename something every week. Uh, it's a great show. Uh, they take fan submissions. And uh, this month is Bill Maher month. Oh, so no. they're renaming everything involving Bill Maher, including Real Time with Bill Maher, which I called Shitty White Guy Can't Get Cancelled. <laughs> but uh, Kick Astron had a great question. Do the Ninja Turtles count as cryptids? Yes. I agree. Mike was like, no, because nobody believes in them. I'm like, but in the universe of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah, those are fucking cryptids. Oh, yeah. You, you know that, like, the, the Weekly World News over in uh, Ninja Turtle universe is, like, more signs of the, the Lizard Ninjas. Yeah. Oh, God. They're yes. never referring to them as turtles, just calling them the Lizard no. Ninjas. Or, yeah, or, or the, the frog ninjas. Or the, the lizard shogun or something. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I think they count as uh, cryptids. And, uh, I mean, like, you imagine having, like, say you're in uh, North Carolina, 1988, 89, when they're filming the first movie, and they're using those uh, Jim Henson creature shop suits. Yeah. And, like, you catch sight of one of those motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. I'd lose my shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you know, here's a question. So if okay. we're talking about like people interpreting like creatures like that in unusual locations, there's always that that like legend or that that joke about alligators in the sewers of New York. Are those cryptids? Sure. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, they're complete. Cryptid is basically cryptozoology means hidden animal. Yep. So you got so, the you got the Manhattan shit gator. The Manhattan shit gator and there's actually this one I love the Minnesota kangaroos. Okay, I've never heard of them. Yeah, it's uh again citing my reference here from unexplained <laughs> is uh something Jerome Clark brought up. It's it's something where the, every now and again you'll see kangaroos in Minnesota and everybody's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, the obvious uh, answer is, oh, well, uh, circus. Yeah, but shit, man. Right. It's It's been 70 years now. They're still there. It's just a breeding population of kangaroos somewhere in Minnesota. It's just weird. I mean, it's cool, but it's weird. Mm -hmm. So that's our questions. And a uh, little bit of a side note, our net, our uh, Patreon, which, as I said, my friend, uh, did I do the shout out at the beginning of the show? No. Shit. Okay. Well, guys, a uh, big announcement. We have a Patreon it's uh, patreon.com slash supernatural selection. Uh, we have three tiers. Friends of Enrique, which <laughs> $5. You get uh, access to episodes a day or two early. And you get a shout-out here on the show, which we have our first patron, 
Woo. Mr. Mr. David Holyfield, a longtime friend of the show, fantastic dude. He's been supporting my projects for years. Thank you, David. You are awesome. You are currently, until we get a $20 patron, you are Lord High God of the Patrons. Technically, you own the podcast now. You technically own the podcast because you have put more money into it than anyone. <laughs> Even us. So, you you own the podcast, David Holyfield. <laughs> You're the man. So... Uh, our tiers are Friends of Enrique, which is $5. You get a shout-out on the show like David just did, and you get access to the episodes a day or two early as soon as I can get them edited and uploaded. That's even before they go up on DeviantBehaviorRadio.com. Also, the second tier is called The Hot Dog Squad. And on The Hot Dog Squad, you get bonus patreon episodes which i'm going to be recording a little later today and i'm going to be talking about jerome clark author of unexplained unexplained because this guy he's got a really interesting life man i mean like he's worked with jacques valet john keel he's a noted author he's a country music songwriter huh that's a thing I never thought I'd say in conjunction with any of those others. Is it good stuff? I guess. I think he wrote for, like, Merle Haggard and shit. I'm oh. going to have to double check, but, like, oh. yeah. I mean, like, you know, serious creative writing chops for songs. So we could literally probably have a Jerome Clark playlist on Deviant Behavior Radio. Oh, shit. I would love that, man. <laughs> totally got to do that. So, uh, yeah, you get early episodes, shout-outs, and bonus stuff uh, like that. And then the last tier is called Capitalism Unbound. We have <laughs> merch. Uh, you can get mugs, shirts, tote bags, and uh, hoodies. If you subscribe for one year, every three months, you get new merch Ooh. for a year. Quarterly so, merch. Yes, awesome stuff. It's basically a gimme shit subscription plan. <laughs> so I highly recommend checking that out. So if you want to find that, again, it's patreon.com slash supernatural selection, or you can click the link on our new URL, supernatpod.rocks. Interesting. Can you believe that was available? All I had to do was go into the geology section of the drop-down. <laughs> That's perfect. I know. <laughs> now we just need hollowearth.rocks. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I Yeah, okay, I'll let you get that one. You can direct <laughs> it wherever you want. You can send it to your websites, which, speaking of, being my amazing co-host, David... Once again, thank you for being on the show. Please tell these wonderful people where they can find you online. Uh, best place to find me online would probably be on my Twitter, which would be at HPKOMIC. That's at HPComic. I have a link to uh, all the stuff that I do on Twitter constantly. I've got a couple comics you can read. I have the radio show here on uh, Deviant Behavior Radio called The, uh, the Mutant Hours. Um, took a break Fantastic this week, show. but we're coming back next week with uh, some fun. Thinking about doing an anime special, which should be a lot of fun too. 
So oh, please do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, be sure to also check out his other comic, uh, RG Bots, which is getting its first hate tweet. I was so, so happy about that. I swear to God. <laughs> and where can they find RG Bots? What's that, the Twitter handle? That would be at R-G-B-O-T-S Comics. So RG Bots Comics. As much as I love Cosmic Dash, I cannot tell you how much I love RG Bots. It is just so fucking hardcore dark humor which is what i love well and it's great because i can write new ones on the toilet which is great which that's the best thing ever yeah i can't tell you how many episodes of this have been written on the toilet (laughs) how many are being recorded on the toilet right now none (laughs) oh okay i'm full of shit but i will never record while taking a shit well kevin i have a surprise for you oh oh my god (laughs) you smell it have we taken that step Oh my god, I feel so special. Uh, no, now you just have to edit in a uh, flushing sound. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have a plop. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna. The bad thing is, it's gonna sound like Alka Seltzer. <laughs> the, the fizzing afterwards. That's the scary part. <laughs> David, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. It's always a blast to do this. All right. Well, look, everybody. Uh, remember, we love every single one of you. Agape, not Eros. And uh, until next time, stay frosty. Bye. Supernatural Selection has been a production of DeviantBehaviorRadio.com. You can find it and more shows broadcast weekly at DeviantBehaviorRadio.com. Our theme music is Screensaver by Kevin McLeod. It is used through Creative Commons license, and more of his music can be found at incompetech.filmmusic.io.